How do you kill the undead? What happens if you eat flowers? All of these questions you can find the answer to on This Paranormal Live! Hey everyone, welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new tale and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. My name is Roy Powers. This guy over here is Kit Greer. Uh, how you doing today, Kit? You ready to investigate the paranormal? Always, Roy. I'm ready to dive right in. Hope you got a spicy investigation for us. I do. I do. Well, this week, our investigation comes from an email we got sent in to thisparanormallifepodcast at gmail.com from a person called Alex Seidel. Now, Alex says, Hey, guys. I love the show and would really like to hear what you think about the New England vampire pandemic. Really fun craze that often gets washed over by the Salem witch trials. A fun craze? <laughs> Doesn't sound fun. Uh, we actually did an episode on the Salem witch trials. So I felt like it was at least our obligation to lend this case as much passion and enthusiasm as the Salem witch trials. Because yeah, he's right. Disneyland gets lots of visitors, but you know, Sometimes Legoland needs visitors too. Exactly. Legoland it's is pretty fun. It's all, yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. right. It's not, yeah, let's not big it up too much. The food is better than, well, no, it's not better than Disneyland. They're both equally bad. But the weather, it, well, it's in England, so it's worse. It's still pretty bad. So. But Mickey Mouse can't hold a, a f candle to the green Lego nin ninjag. I don't even know the name of the guy. I, honestly, I don't even know the name of them. We should move on. We uh, should. But this case will be just as fun as I, the Salem Witch Trials. I assure you. And way more fun than Legoland. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> All right, let's dive into the story. The year is 1990, and we're in Connecticut. 1990? 1990. <laughs> Jesus. We're going to be like 300 years ago. <laughs> Look, we're going to go back to the past. Oh. We're going to go forward to the future. Vampires are immortal and they can fly, Kit. Those little f probably invented cheese. That's how old they right, are. I don't know around. why that was the first thing I could think of that's old. Sure, <laughs> sure there are older things. <laughs> I'm pretty things. sure that was pretty old. Well, look, okay. The story begins in 1990 and we're in Connecticut. It's a beautiful day, birds are chirping in the sky, and a group of local children are in the woods, playing along the rocky mountains and abandoned gravel mines. But as they trek through the forest and rocky terrain, one of the boys spotted something emerging from the dirt. It was a bone, and it didn't look like it was from an animal. He called the rest of the gang over to investigate, and they began to search the area. It wasn't long before they found another bone, and another bone. Uh-oh. This was bad. One of the boys ran home to tell the town what he'd discovered. He burst through the front door of his home and began yelling. Mom! Mom! We were out playing in the gravel mines. We found a bunch of bones buried in the ground. The boy's mother didn't care at first, assuming it was a story or exaggeration. That was until the child handed her a human skull. <laughs> That's not a bone. It's a it it's is a, a bone. It's a skull. God damn. Aren't bones, aren't skulls bones? Can you imagine the shock of being that parent? Yeah, because you think like, oh, he's found a chicken bone. He's yeah. found like one of those, like a basically a chicken wing. Listen, kids don't have great critical thinking or analysis skills. Yeah. They find a freaking shell and they'll tell you that they find, yeah, a, a bloody corpse or something. And if a child hands you a human skull... 
he either is going to be killed or needs to be killed because <laughs> he is either a demon or he is angered a demon. That's a dangerous position to be. Don't accept the skull. That's what I say. Right. Yes. It could be some kind of Indiana Jones crystal skull. Yeah. It's kind of a difficult situation when you're handed a skull because it's a pretty much lose-lose situation. You throw right. that thing out in the garbage, you're disrespecting the skull. You take that thing inside your house, you're inviting the skull's ghost into the house. And even if it's not paranormal, uh, you don't need your fingerprints on a skull. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I will sleep better at night knowing my fingerprints are not on skulls. I remember the last time I found a skull uh, in the woods, I was like, hey, I don't want to be disrespectful, so I'm going to bring it home. I'm going to just use it as like a beer holder. So like for my Bud Lights, I just Okay, kind of... so that sounds disrespectful. Because... Well, it wasn't disrespectful because I, I I was using the skull to serve a purpose, which is what a lot of you spirits... You could have buried it or maybe made a little altar. That's where he came from. I'm not going to rebury him. So you dug it up? Yeah, I dug for like 20 minutes to find the thing. I'm not going to rebury it. Just tell me one thing. Was yeah. there a headstone where you dug? Coincidentally... That's not. And you're not going to believe not this. Coincidental. It's not. But yeah. Right. You went. You broke into a graveyard and you dug up. A, that's illegal. Look, I think I saw a police statement in the paper asking for this masked uh, body thief. Am I just who's supposed? Going around sorry, digging up bodies. Am I just supposed to put my beer on the table and let it ruin the Get table? Get a regular beer holder, man. Why do you need to dig up this poor dead old lady to use her skull as a beer holder, you sick bastard? I like to think that it wouldn't even hold the beer well. It was like spilling the beer to the sides. It was basically just opening up the mouth and kind of <laughs> setting it in the jaw. Well, immediately, the boy's mother contacted the town's police, who blocked the entire area off to the public, assuming the body parts were connected to a murder, making the excavation site an active crime scene. Using flat-edge shovels, brushes, and bamboo picks, the police working alongside archaeologists began to excavate the site. And when the dirt had been cleared, they discovered the remains of multiple humans. Oh, man. But the condition of the bones implied they weren't recently buried. In fact, these remains were over a century old. Ah, few. Who cares? They throw their tools back in the pit. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, all right, boys, free beer holders. <laughs> I'll have gifts for all the family for years to come. Most of the bodies were laid to rest in, quote, thrifty Yankee style, which meant simple wood coffins, no jewelry, not even really much clothing uh, with their arms just by thrifty their side. Thrifty Yankee style. <laughs> it's like the uh, shitty B-side to Opa Gangnam style. <laughs> Thrifty Yankee style. Played on a banjo. And the dance is just you lying flat in the grave, <laughs> ass naked, covered in dirt. Playing on a banjo. Thrifty Yankee style. <laughs> well, that's, I believe the, the commune has a new national anthem. <laughs> that's... That's uh, that's the moment in the concert you realize you got the wrong tickets and you're not there to see South Korean star Psy. You've come to see some kind of f***ed up hillbilly band. South American star, Thai. <laughs> All of these bodies were buried. Thrifty Yankee style. That was, of course, except for burial number four. Hmm. Burial number four was one of only two stone crypts at the site. 
Working tirelessly, an excavation team made it through several feet of dirt before finally they reached the top of the crypt. They carefully removed the large stone lid and underneath the team were met with a chilling sight. Unlike the regular remains of the other graves, the skeleton inside the tomb had been beheaded. Whoa. His whole body had been rearranged, his skull and thigh bones rested on the ribs, making it appear almost like a pirate's skull and crossbones. A Jesus. warning for those who found it. Oh my god. The strangest part was that after analyzing the remains, the team discovered that the decapitation and tampering with the skeleton happened around five years after the person was dead. What? Someone smashed into the grave and tampered with the remains of the body five years after they had died. Interesting. Weird, huh? So some kind of grave robber activity, um, but not traditional where they just steal valuables, but rather just to f with the dead. Yeah, and because it is worth noting, these people were buried thrifty Yankee style. Mm. There's not a lot to gank from the dead. So true. This isn't like an Egyptian priestess where, you know, there's amulets. There's probably a couple mummified cats in there that you could take home as souvenirs. Yeah. Maybe like an amulet, cursed or otherwise. That's, I think, baller pharaoh style. The exact opposite. Um, thrifty Yankee style I mean, the only thing that you're going to get out of that is maybe maybe they've rigged it with a shotgun. <laughs> so that so I, you dodge it in time. You, you can keep the gun, I guess. That's I guess. like as much treasure as you're going to get. Very unusual. The answers began to form when they discovered that the ribs of the skeleton had been broken, like someone dug it up to steal its heart. Nope. Shut it down. That is when you fill up the hole again. There is some sort of curse. As if it being reorganized to make a skull and crossbones wasn't enough of a warning. <laughs> the thing's been decapitated and its heart has been stolen. The goddamn shaman from Indiana Jones, uh, which one was it? Uh, uh, he was in two, uh, Temple of Doom. Okay. Tem Mom, I'm sorry, I thought you were saying two different movies. I was like, he came back? <laughs> <laughs> he was actually one of the Nazis in the background. <laughs> the one with the bucket of hearts. He had a great agent, got him a good contract, multiple movie deal. Uh, yeah, the shaman that steals people's hearts. That freaked out as a kid, right? He was so scary. Oh my goodness. It was weird. Did you ever see, get going on a little bit of a tangent here, but I think it was in the first Indiana Jones. Did you ever see, it's a super famous scene now because it was like a character who's playing a Nazi, I believe. Uh-huh. And he, during a line of dialogue, it's like the most evil thing you've ever seen. A fly just crawls into his mouth and he just eats it, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot that. Like while they're filming and it's in the movie, you can just see this fly going go into oh, his mouth. So, so was that, I wonder, was that like planned or No, something? I think wasn't? it just happened and he just ran with it. It's, That's beautiful. It's crazy. You've got to look it up if you haven't uh, seen that clip before. It's definitely got to be on YouTube. I love those uh, those things that happen in movies that weren't supposed to happen. Um, I only found out recently. Well, I already knew about Django Unchained, Leo uh, cutting, cutting his, his hand, hand open. Yeah. I didn't know about the um, Hey, I'm Walking Here line. What is that? It's from the movie Midnight Cowboy. It's like a 60s movie with Dustin Hoffman. And... That's where the line was coined. Hey, I'm walking here. Oh wow! Uh, and it wasn't supposed to happen. It was like you know one of the one of the like taxis who's like 
on the street that like extra or whatever accidentally drove forward and dustin hoffman like jumps out of the way and he's like yeah i'm walking here oh in that's character. good imagine accidentally coming up with a line that good pretty cool i mean i opened the show with you know what would happen if you ate flowers which i think is also like it an could important... be a classic 20 20 30 years down the line when everyone's eating flowers you're gonna be like he was a pioneer i can't believe it or you know dead from eating toxic flowers <laughs> my bones reorganized into a flower shape <laughs> but why would anyone steal another human's heart well kit because the person who was buried in that grave was a vampire i don't get it <sighs> i still don't get it, it. <laughs> what more do i need to say you just continue to thrash thrashing around the room for us to understand why this happened we have to go backwards once again in time to the 1790s, the very beginning of what would be known as the New England Vampire Pandemic. Now, life around the 1970s in New England was sweet and simple. Small towns of God-fearing citizens farming the land, living until the ripe old age of probably 40. That was, of course, until New England was rocked by a disease they referred to as consumption. Sure. It was a horrible disease. It would start slow and drain the life out of the infected. The victim would lose weight, lose color in their skin. It was as if the life was being sucked out of them. And it would spread too, like, like butter on hot toast, or Nutella on toast, or any series of jams or marmalades on toast. The epidemic was so devastating that scientists today believe it could have killed perhaps 25% of the East Coast citizens. It's kind of sad when to think that the citizens of New England at the time were happy with their quaint life. And, you know, sure, we don't live that long, but it's a good life and it's a healthy life and we get to enjoy our best years until we hit the rocks <laughs> and then... Uh, consumption rocks in and says hope you weren't too attached to those 40 years because i'm gonna cut it down to about 22 yeah already it's so low yeah and now you're you're the very few years that you have are shit because yes. basically from the age of six on you're dying slowly <laughs> which i guess is still true to this day which is pretty sad yeah at what age do you start to die you know because you what kind you of mean? like as soon as you're born you begin dying <laughs> Pretty much. You're heading towards the grave. But I mean, like, at a certain point... This is just you and your therapist's office. <laughs> at a certain point, you like, stop. Roy, I asked you about your childhood. <laughs> Why age does one begin to die? Really? <laughs> really? Because for me, it felt like day one. Because you definitely hit a point. You hit a point... I, what I guess what I'm thinking is, like, you stop growing at some point. Yeah. You stop, like, becoming a bigger human and a healthier human. Yeah. You typically. And you, you know, people who are into sports will recognize that you hit, you know, in some, depending on the sport, you might hit your uh, physical peak in that sport at a certain age. Yeah. You know, for some sports, it's depressingly low. Esports is like 13. <laughs> Not the kind of sports I was thinking of, but yeah. Well, it's the one that matters for sure. Uh, you know, whenever if you watch like competitive, like climbing or something like that, which yeah. is going to be in the Olympics next year, um, they're depressingly young. Those climbers are like 16, 17, 18 max. Wow. Uh, but then other sports, you know, it's a little older, but... Um, you could win the gold and then you go back to your coach next year and your coach is like, you're dying. You're 20 <laughs> years old, man. You're on your way out. You need to climb your way out of the grave, <laughs> you old ass 21 year old. Your coach is 12. <laughs> 
<laughs> you washed up, Jimmy. You're never going to make it in this industry. <laughs> the villagers needed to gather together and find out what was going on and how they could stop consumption. <laughs> all right, all right. Everyone settle down. Please, please take your seats. We're here today to talk about consumption. All right, this thing, this thing is bad, folks. It's rotting away our families, turning them all into into Voldemort-looking mother. We need a cure. I am the rain cure. Only God can show us mercy. We need to stop wearing purple. Everything was fine until we started wearing purple. But finally, someone from the crowd cried out, "You fools! It's not a disease. It's a creature." What we've got is a bad case of the vampires. The man spoke about a newspaper he read about a foreign quack doctor who theorized that the reason why consumption would spread through a family is because the first person who died would emerge from the ground and suck the life out of their family, causing them all to eventually die one by one. Let's hear him out. This sounds compelling. The only way to stop it was to dig up the deceased and burn their vital organs. Wow. So almost immediately, frightened villagers were convinced that their family members that had passed away were most likely vampires, and in the dark of night, they would emerge from their graves, sneak back, and suck the life out of everyone. Bodies of deceased family members were often dug up, and if the corpse appeared to be less decayed than expected, or if the body still contained liquid blood, the person was deemed a vampire, and they had their organs burned to, quote, destroy the evil bond between the living and the dead. Wow. I kind of like that idea of digging someone up, but being like, we need to make sure they're 100% a vampire, checking for basically any signs of life left in this person. So mm. if you give them a little nick and there's some blood coming out, it means that person is like, sucking it out of other people you know there's a reason they're not just a full skeleton a bit Man. of science behind it can you imagine you know what those late night grave digging sessions must have felt like it must have been the most stressful thing imaginable to think that you were actually going to dig up a vampire come face to face yeah it's interesting to note that at least in new england at the time uh the vampires that they were referring to were always exclusively people who had passed on and we're now rising from the grave. You know, vampires take a lot of forms in popular culture and over history. You know, you got your uh, Nosferatu looking sons of bitches. You got your sexy ass Twilight twinkle guys. Yeah. Uh, my personal favorites, to be honest. Whereas most here, hunky. Most, most hunky. For, even though yeah. I am Team Jacob myself, I will say, uh, sure, the vampires are still pretty cool. They play baseball in thunderstorms. That's pretty badass. Uh, I will say that in this case... This early instance, what I say, 1790s, mm. vampires, at least being framed in the uh, in the case of consumption, were simply just more like zombies, like the dead coming back to life gotcha. and leeching off of humans. It doesn't even mention uh, bite marks or blood sucking mm. or anything like that. It's more of just cause and effect. Yeah, that's a really good point. So they were accusing these vampires of causing the consumption but yeah, there's no like silver bullet in the bite marks. You know, it's yeah. it's almost just like a kind of psychic or telepathic vampireness. Yeah. 
Well, this practice was in effect for a long time. One of the most famous cases takes place in 1892 when a farmer from Rhode Island named George Brown noticed his wife was looking a little under the weather, a little pale, a little golemy. It wasn't long before she was killed by consumption and buried outside of the town. Now, you know what's going to happen here. The townspeople went to George and said, Look, I know you <laughs> I'm miss... I'm not saying she's a vampire. <laughs> I know you miss your wife. She was a beautiful woman. She was a pillar in this society. However, she is now a vampire. She's a threat. We need to dig up her still warm corpse, steal her heart. She had a big heart, by the way. Time for everyone in the community. And we need to burn it. It's a direct correlation. The nicer a lady that you were, the more deadly a vampire you will be. George, of course, wanted no part in it. He refused to let the town go near his wife's grave. Then slowly but surely, his two daughters became seriously ill. And eventually, also both passed away. Meaning George and his son were the only two left. So the town came back. George! Look, your wife, God rest her soul, she was a fantastic woman, always had time for everyone. She is a vampire demon, and we need to nuke her lifeless corpse. George once again refused. No, you will not desecrate the graves of my beautiful family. I like the idea of the son being like, right. Although, yes, bear in mind, we didn't do that last time, and uh, my sisters died, so... You know, Dad, maybe let's not completely, let's not just rule out the, uh, the thought. Are you saying, son? You're talking about your mother. Of course. And, and the two girls. Right. Just because the same thing happened to them, it doesn't mean that she's some kind of, some, Jesus Christ, some kind of vampire. It, my dad's right. Everyone, get, get out of here. But bear in mind, Dad, that obviously the human soul is not encased in the body and that's now in heaven so the body's just bones so if we were to dig it up you know that could be we could just try it it would once break my heart what is left of it what is left of my heart of course to see them dug up god rest her soul god rest her soul although maybe if we just we could like burn like a half of it and just see what happened because i have a cough do you know that dad i have a cough and i have a headache and i think i'm 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 feeling a little a little weak so maybe we just burn like a tiny bit of the heart, a tiny bit of mom's heart. They stay put and I will, sure, I will go to the graveyard and I will, I'll just reserve your plot. Oh, what? <laughs> well, of course, it was only a matter of time before George's son fell ill. At this point, he's like, all right, stop around that. We need to dig up these sons <laughs> of bitches and burn all of it. Desperate to save what was left of his family, George allowed the town to dig up the bodies of his wife and daughters. When the townspeople dug up the bodies, they discovered something strange. The wife and one of the daughter's remains had rotted away, just as you'd expect a body to. But his daughter, Mercy Lena, was different. After being buried in the crypt for several months, the body looked fine. In fact, its hair and fingernails had grown. And most terrifying of all, when the townspeople pierced her skin, she began to bleed! Nuke it! Now the town were certain that Mercy was a vampire. A local town doctor who examined the body explained to the villagers, Look, look, I, I know that this looks weird, but honestly, the cold weather combined with the area she Kill was in- No, no, you misunderstand! I'm, I'm saying she's not a vampire! It's the only way! Remove the head! The townspeople didn't listen. 
Any doctor, of course, who says vampires aren't real is a vampire himself. So they grabbed the girl's body from the grave, removed her head. <laughs> oh, I was joking, guys. <laughs> burned it on a rock, and then George's son ate the ashes. What? <laughs> George. No one even told George's him. To, that wasn't son. even a thing, George. <laughs> if anything, that's not going to help you. He's that desperate. He's on death's door. He'll try anything. I love that, you know, George has totally joined their side now. And he's like, yeah, we need to behead her. Yeah, burn the ashes. Yeah, yeah. And then I'll eat him. Whoa. Then I'll drink my own piss. <laughs> Whoa, what the f***, George? I think you're just using this I'm as gonna... an excuse to go psycho. <laughs> yeah, when you know that the crowd of vampire hunters has turned against you, you're either insane or a vampire. Either one is bad. <laughs> of course, George's son died almost immediately afterwards. Really? Yeah, it did nothing for him. Granted. Now, I will say, if it wasn't obvious at this point, consumption, as it was known back then, was their term for tuberculosis. Right. That is what they were dealing with here. Uh, it didn't seem to be really vampires or like a curse that was passed on through the family. And in 1882, uh, the year that the German physician Robert Koch proved that tuberculosis was caused by bacterium mm. and not vampires, the vampire rituals eventually slowed to a halt. That's disturbingly recent history. 1882. Pretty embarrassing for the old red, white, and blue, by the way, that a German guy had to come in and teach them what tuberculosis was. You probably heard about the great freedom state where the Amer he didn't he didn't realize at that point the american dream was being able to dig up and burn <laughs> the hearts of your loved ones it's changed over the years i think now it's like to f to have a successful patreon but <laughs> back then it was pretty much to kill vampires yeah it is kind of funny to think that you know all those people those kind of founding fathers of america were fighting vampires tooth and nail and they were like is this better than england like we <laughs> england was bad for a bunch of reasons but this seems kind of worse yeah i would love to know what I, you know i'm just gonna look it up who was president when america was still hunting vampires because <laughs> it's going to be someone that you wouldn't even think yeah is, is like an old-timey president it's not going to be like because george washington he's the he's the og he's yeah, the first who was president in 18 wait when was the case where they burned the specific person 1892? That's 10 years after he proved it was caused by bacteria. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it, it was news spread by birds and oh, donkeys God. back then. So, And they actually thought a lot of the messengers were vampires. So <laughs> a lot of messages didn't get delivered. <laughs> Who was president? I'll just do 18 freaking 80. Rutherford B. Hayes. Can't say I've heard of him. I have, but I'm going to admit, he does look pretty, it does look pretty old-timey. Yeah, he's holding, actually, a wooden stake as well, so. Cloves of garlic around his presidential neck. He looks terrified in his presidential portrait. <laughs> so he was the 19th president of the United States. Wow. There, that was a lot of time where, I guess maybe consumption wasn't a big, as big of an issue uh, in the early days of America. Maybe so. That was about the time where America was getting a little bored. <laughs> and they were starting to invent witches and vampires and stuff. Yeah, it's a good thing we have lots of distractions these days. You know, they call this the age of distraction. That's good because humans aren't, aren't good with time uh, for idle hands. Now, as we said, even though the vampire craze died down in New England around this time, 
As we know, vampires have continued to exist in popular culture, films, movies, television, and even folklore. So even though they are not a direct threat to us now, in 2020, I feel like it's our responsibility to inform the listeners of this paranormal life, if they came face to face with a vampire, how to kill one. More than fair. I think because we did an investigation uh, in the early days of this paranormal life about vampires, um, but we did leave out a lot of self-defense knowledge. Yeah. And I think we probably let a lot of people down and a lot of people have probably died at the hands of vampires in the last couple of years. So we need to set the record straight. Too many of our podcasts are just us talking about a very real cryptid and then ending the show by saying, good luck, assholes. Yeah. Without telling you any way to defend yourself, uh, any way to stop from being attacked by these cryptids. So we're, we're going to right those wrongs right now. I'm going to tell you the, I believe, five ways that you can kill a vampire. How to kill a vampire. First off, we know this one. It's easy. It's sunlight. Of course. Vampires, when they're exposed to sunlight, allegedly it takes about 10 seconds for them to burst into flames. Yeah, not a lot of vampires live in like Malibu, California. Exactly, yeah. They so, all live in castles in like uh, Transylvania where it's cloudy and rainy and there's not a lot of sun. Yeah, I mean, we grew up in Northern Ireland. There was, every other person was a vampire. Yeah. I didn't even know what the sun was. I thought it was just that baby from the Teletubbies. <laughs> I didn't realize it was a real thing that existed. You didn't see the sun from the age you stopped watching the Teletubbies to the day you moved to London and saw the <laughs> sun again, which actually was only a gap of a couple of years. So we definitely recommend, granted, vampires are pretty smart. They're not just going to walk out onto a sunny beach. A lot of them will make their ventures into the world at night. So if you manage to trap them handcuff them tie them up in a place mm. that at sunrise will expose them to the light that is a sure way to make sure they will be dead in the morning that's a great tip the next tip wooden stake in the heart apparently this is a sure way to do it i looked into this a little bit i couldn't find out a direct reason why a wooden stake would be the thing mm. that would kill them because it's it's that's got to be hard. I mean, in the movies, they always depict it as you got to have a hammer and a stake. Yeah. Because that thing isn't just going to go in like a knife through butter. Absolutely not. No, I don't even know what, what side the heart is on. It's like in the middle, I think a tiny bit to the, the left. The middle? What? <laughs> yeah, it's the middle. I always thought it was like my left boob. <laughs> no. Is it not there? I think it's like to the if you go start at the middle and then go a tiny bit to the left, I think it's like there. Oh my God. Jesus, I hope I'm right because people are going to rinse us on Twitter again if we get this wrong. I can't Google where is the heart. I'm already on too many government lists. <laughs> if you start Googling where is the heart in a human, you're definitely going to be banned. Our internet service provider will apply some kind of child filter to the internet. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 Ooh. so far? Go. Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals, BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. Huh? But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Yeah, I can't tell if that, as we know from the story that we just investigated, destroying the heart of a vampire is obviously a way to make sure that they are dead and remain dead. So if a wooden stake is the way you want to do it, hell, go for it. At least that's something pretty much everyone can have access to. Next on the list is silver. Ah. I looked up briefly where this originated from. Some people believe that it was it comes from an old uh, story in Greek mythology where someone who I believe was tasked with stealing a silver bow was ironically cursed so that anytime he touched silver, it would burn his hands. Interesting. And that has been kind of developed down to vampires. These demons can't touch silver or it will burn their hands. Interesting. I don't know if I had heard that one before. Because I always thought it was like crosses. And it seems synonymous with, I thought, I mean, I feel like there's at least one movie where it's werewolves need to be shot with a silver, silver bullet. bullet that yeah. is true i think silver is pretty much the the ace of spades when it comes to fighting cryptids you sure. can't go wrong with a silver bullet yeah if you're going out to hunt any sort of cryptid and you're at the guns and ammo store and they're like you know for an extra five bucks i can make them silver bullets take the silver bullets yeah take the silver bullets Just always in case, take you them. never know next one on the list <laughs> because if you're if you're being attacked by a bear the silver bullets will work <laughs> At no point is the silver bullet not going to do the job and more of the regular, regular bullet. bullet. Yeah. The next one on the list is kind of a weird one. Uh, I can't remember the website I got this on, but this one just says fire. Okay. And I was like, okay, are, are they weak to fire? Is, it, is this come from Greek mythology where someone tried to eat fire? But it basically just says vampires are not cursed with a weakness to fire if you're going to use fire to kill a vampire you're going to need to have a big fire and the vampire will have to be stuck in it for a long time <laughs> okay so this is like saying a water pokemon sure you can kill a water pokemon with fire it'll take a long time you better have a lot of normal type attacks it's it's like saying oh also you can kill a vampire using a trash compactor um you will of course have to trap him there unconscious and compact him over several hours and yes. he will die if you put a vampire in space 
they probably need oxygen so it probably would kill the vampire yeah i don't know if i would necessarily put that on the high list yeah it sounds like it doesn't even hurt them that much because it says you need to have them there for pretty much half a day it has to be a long a big fire that's a big fire i would maybe go for one of these other ones maybe the the silver or the sunlight possibly we could combine double up a couple of these options as well just to be sure and finally one of the sure ways to kill a vampire similar to a zombie is tearing the head clean off. Yeah. You can't go wrong with removing the head. Yeah. Tell you what it won't work with is uh, bugs. Really? What bugs? Bugs. Yeah. I read this the other day. Bugs don't have like so much of a centralized nervous system as we do, where like for us, our entire nervous system is connected to our heads, our brains. If you if you remove a human head, it's game over. Yeah. But uh, I don't need to Google where's the brain. I know where the brain is. That's right. Yeah, bugs, apparently you'll see like, you know, like a praying mantis, Yeah. you know, like a praying mantis female will like chop the head off a male and the, the male's body will keep walking for like a minute or two because it, it doesn't need the head. That's disturbing. It's pretty messed up. We know we're in trouble when a vampire crossbreeds with a chicken. Yeah. Because you try and take off that vampire chicken's head, that thing's still going to be flapping around, laying eggs. It's laying vampire, <laughs> vampire eggs as well. I guess the only good thing is with a traditionally with a vampire, uh, if it's a vampire that uses its fangs to bite into a human neck, yeah. if you've decapitated it, you, you've basically removed its weapon. So true. It's it's still going to be pretty damn fast and powerful, but it's going to be, I don't know, it, it's going to be just bouncing off the walls, jumping around, transforming into a bat, back into a human. Yeah. It's not going to know what's going on. So I think that's a pretty safe way to do things. And those are the, I believe, five best ways that I could find to kill a vampire. So never say that we don't give you practical tips on this paranormal life. (laughs) One of our listeners is confronted with a vampire and they just try and light a really big fire. (laughs) They're killed almost immediately. Kit, do you feel like you're better prepared for dealing with a vampire attack now after that that brief list? Well, you know, I... I kind of already knew that stuff, apart from the ones that I said I didn't know, uh, on account of having gone to to Harvard Paranormal. But uh, sure, sure, it was a little refresher for me. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I might not, I would have just used some sweet martial arts techniques, but I might double up with some silver bullets or a steak this time. Honorable mentions are, of course, garlic and holy water. But here's the thing about them, guys. You have to be alert for vampire attacks 24-7. 365. Yeah. A hundred. That's years. You can't carry around garlic with you for that long. Yeah. Without making a few enemies. People are going to think you're weird. Yeah. Holy water. That's also a little weird. You can put it in an Evian bottle, but eventually people are going to be like, hey, can can I I have have a drink of the Evian bottle? You have to say no. No, which is super weird. Rude. And if you're going to do the garlic, I will say swap out the garlic every few days or a week because... People will get more mad if the garlic is rotten. Even the people who aren't vampires are going to be pretty angry at the fact you're carrying around rotten yeah, garlic. It's not suspicious. <laughs> Don't assume they're vampires because they are getting mad at you. <laughs> Don't burn your friends who are calling you out for carrying around a clove of rotten garlic around yeah. your neck. But a lot of these things don't require you to be uh, a weirdo, you know? Uh, a lighter, is that weird? With some logs? A wooden stake is pretty weird. Well, it wouldn't say, you know, they didn't say what, what size a wooden stake. So, you know, maybe a pencil. Yeah, yeah, could yeah. Could suffice. 
And he'd be like, oh, I, I just carry this around with me because I never know when I'm going to need to take any notes. So it's like, I never really know if, yeah! And then you just... <laughs> Someone's like, you don't have any paper. So what are you taking <laughs> well, you notes have of? fire lighters and pencils. <laughs> so kids, granted, vampires are a huge huge thing to investigate i don't want us to come down on a decision as to whether or not vampires are real sure because we've done vampire cases in the past we'll probably do more vampire cases in the future it's true but plus not to be pedantic but i think we already said they were real oh we did actually yeah (laughs) it was one of our earliest case earliest guesses for sure but this case in particular the new england vampire pandemic what are you thinking how are you processing this it's pretty fascinating really amazing how recently this happened that people believed in vampires so recently in human history because when we look really far back in time we say those people didn't know very much they had a completely different worldview so it's hard to compare our brains to theirs but these people are so recent that we can kind of place ourselves in what they were going through however i will say the revelation by the german scientist that um consumption which seems to have started this entire thing no one seems to have been bothered by the vampires before consumption yeah the fact that that is a bacteria based disease um has kind of ruined the paranormal element for me what about you yeah i think i'm kind of on the same page here it's more of an interesting case rather than an actual debate as to whether or not it was paranormal uh it did kind of make me think which was interesting if something like uh, COVID-19 had happened a hundred years ago mm. before a scientific understanding of how that disease spreads, uh, what would be the explanations that pop up? Yeah, it's it's Because fa- it would definitely be paranormal. Absolutely. It's, I mean, you can really use that logic and go back in time. I mean, maybe the source of all our legends, I mean, there's so many fantastic myths and legends in human history that seem to make no sense. And it would be fascinating to know what were all the things that happened that caused these wacky legends? Yeah, yeah, because they don't just come from nowhere. It's pretty much very naive, dumb early humans trying to frame biological disasters within their very limited, sheltered mindset. Yeah. Uh, which I think is what we've got here. People don't understand what bacteria is, so they call it vampires. I believe this is not paranormal. Making the New England vampire pandemic a double no. no. But thank you so much to Alex Seidel for emailing us that case to this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. Guys, thank you to everyone who listened this week. I hope you enjoyed this case. We had a blast investigating it and learning a little bit more about early vampires. If you want even more sweet This Paranormal Life content, you just can't get enough. You're burning your way through these episodes. I have some great news for you. From as little as five dollary dues a month, you can get access to a whole backlog of secret, classified, redacted This Paranormal Life bonus episodes. And hey, I know what you're thinking. Oh, I don't know if I want to listen to those. Maybe the quality's not good. Maybe they're not as funny as the main episodes. First off... There's a grain of truth there, sure. (laughs) Of course. But secondly, we're going to put all those doubts to rest right now by giving you a tiny little clip from this month's Bonus episode. Bonus! I, I think I weirdly have played more arcade games retrospectively than I actually did <laughs> in arcades. We were a bit young for the, the arcade movement, uh, but we also grew up in Northern Ireland. 
where there were very little facilities <laughs> for, for of to any keep kind, children arcade or otherwise. <laughs> we were just we were arcade or bathrooms. <laughs> there was very little for children to do. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if just to give people um, an idea of the kind of facilities for young people. Um, one of the most beloved uh, places of our childhood was the pool in yeah. Port Stewart, yeah. and this was somewhere where kids of all ages and adults would come together to skateboard and do kind of rollerblading and and any kind of extreme sport like that in peace and unity and um, basically, you know, get them off the streets. And our local council, I think, uh, filled it in with cement one day and (laughs) turned it into a giant fountain. Which I think pretty illegally only played the Pirates of the Caribbean (laughs) theme music, which I don't think they had the rights to do. No way. Also, the fountain was shut for... 11 Most of 12 of months absolutely yeah so it just made it impossible it a- to skate it was wet it was violating copyright law and it was very unfriendly <laughs> which is more like, you know skateboarders get a bad rap for disrespecting society and its laws yeah that was worse <laughs> you know who disrespects society and its laws <laughs> pirates god damn it and here they are parading their theme song and then you have the gall <laughs> to steal captain jack's theme tune <laughs> uh, well that's what we're talking about guys you know if, if anything it's even funnier because it's behind a paywall so we can actually say that we're vampires ourselves i hope you enjoyed that clip head on over to patreon.com for that if you also want to get uh, t-shirts merchandise a bunch of other cool stuff i'm not gonna lie to you guys as you know one of the reasons we started that patreon was to eventually fund our all-orc remake of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. That's right, because Peter Jackson started off strong, but he dropped the ball towards the end, and we really think we could do the 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 the, the lore better justice. Exactly. You know, we all know it. We all know about the ring. We know about Gollum, Frodo, Bilbo. <sighs> blah, the blah, the blah. You have my axe. Oh, well, I want your orc. I want, I want it. All to be about the orcs from the moment the orcs are born to the moment the orcs die, which granted is about 45 minutes. Orcs do not have a long lifespan. No, they're born from mud, I think. Yeah. And then they die in battle pretty fast. So (laughs) born from mud and from mud, they return. That's actually not about a working title. That's actually, yeah. Orc of the Rings. Sure. From mud, they come to mud, they return. Yeah. We'll workshop it. It's a little long, but yeah. I, I like, I like it. I think going, there's, there's something there there's something there uh but obviously the patreon is um pr- pretty much all the money from the patreon is going to paying the orc actors yeah who we did genetically uh make in a laboratory they are test tube orcs assuming that they would be cheaper than regular actors yeah a lot of them eat 20 to 30 pounds of raw meat a day yeah and when you have a cast of two 300 orcs they really starts to add up it yeah. really starts to i, I think that's maybe why i went bill. for the hobbits they have like a little piece of bread and a leaf for dinner yeah orcs eat hobbits plus they're not stupid and they have unionized since their creation they realized that they could band together um yeah. as a community and lobby for more money from us and we said guys we love to we just don't have it and they said what about the patreon and we said well sure but that's our money to live on and they said we want it so you, you they're say, getting it you can't say no to an orc army i mean they're, they're they're actually pretty aggressive when it comes down to it um so head on over to patreon.com and uh and check out all the awesome rewards that we have available over there 
And as always, if you do support us on Patreon, we like to give you a very special shout out on the podcast. Special thank you to Natalie Stubbs. Wherever she walks, Natalie stubs her toe in every room, on every corner. And we're just telling her, like, put on even a single shoe or a boot or something. She refuses. She's like, I want to feel alive. It's like her little... Like living on the edge thing, being able to stub your toe at any second. Per toe. It's kind of weird. It must be in agony. Thank you to Thomas Freed. Thomas, I don't want you to be afraid of joining the This Paranormal Life commune. Yes, the door says keep out. Yes, it says, um, you know, trespassers will be cursed. Yeah. But once you get inside, we kind of don't know who the trespassers are anymore. Because everyone kind of looks the same. So we punish everyone equally. We do. It's the only fair way. So come on in, buddy. Thank you to L. Bladen. L, grab your blade and get over here. Because we're about to shoot the Fellowship of the Orc. Listen, you don't look anywhere near enough like an orc to be in the in front of the camera for real. But, you know, we could probably put you in the back somewhere. Yeah. Dress up like an orc. Thank you to Jessica Swan. Jessica Swan, star of Swan Girl. It's a bit like Gone Girl, but um, instead of disappearing, she becomes a swan. Oh, that's nicer, I guess. You would think life of a swan is pretty tough. Really? It's even worse than getting kidnapped. (laughs) Special thank you to Gavin Murphy. Well, if it isn't Gavin Smurphy Murphy, (laughs) who uh, was turned blue in a uh, pretty tragic uh, silver accent, actually. Do you know if you eat silver, you turn blue? Really? <laughs> yes. Well, I don't know how humans know that. <laughs> I guess humans have pretty much tried to eat everything at this point. Yeah, it's trial and error. Yeah. You know, God bless all the brave souls who died eating gold, bronze, and everything else. Because on paper, eating gold is is going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd live forever, surely. Yeah. It's weird that that doesn't work. <laughs> but silver, you turn blue. <laughs> Turns out you only live forever if you eat fool's gold. Thank you to Daniel. Daniel the Manual. Get the hell off my film set, brother. If I wanted a man in this film, I would just reshoot the original trilogy. I want Daniel... Shed way too many men in it. Way too many men. And I think even then there weren't actually that many because there was a lot of like dwarfs, elves... Hobbits, goblins, whatever. There's only a couple men, actually. There was, there was a couple too many, Daniel. So unless you come back as Daniel the Oracle, then get out of here. Thank you to Hannah C. Cadell. Hannah C. Cadell, but Hannah also here Cadell. <laughs> and actually, now that I think about it, Hannah speak Cadell. Uh, what's Cadell? I have to ask now. No f***ing idea. <laughs> only Hannah speaks it. I guess it's some kind of lost Orc language. Whoa. We need you in this production, Hannah. <laughs> Thank you to David Maxwell. David Maxwell, can you ax well? Also, are you a six foot five orc man? Because <laughs> we I thought are... you didn't want men, but you want men orc orcs? Men. As in not orc boys, not orc ladies. I need orc men. Okay. Preferably who can ax well. And act well. But that's second. We need the the axing is really important. Thank you to Kelly Billington. Kelly is like the queen of Wall Street because she is always billing you tons. She's like Mrs. Monopoly, raking it in. Hotels at Park Place, hotels on Boardwalk, 
she's more money's coming in than she can get out of her system which is a good person to have on patreon.com please give us some of i'll take a gr- little green house at the very least thank you to elise stewart Come on down to Elise's Leases. This is where anyone can come down and no cash up front, no credit needed. You can get any car, any vehicle you need. That's a steal. Ask me, just ask me any car that you're looking for. You uh, let me know, we'll get it for you. No Volkswagens, I'm afraid. No, no, no foreign vehicles, no German vehicles. Uh, only UK-based uh, UK based. Yes, I said any granted, but no, it can't be German, obviously. So anything else, though, anything. I don't even know what a UK do. You do they make cars in the UK? Nope. <laughs> We're mostly operating skateboards, and even those between you and me, they come from the same factory in Germany, uh, but they are not cars. And therefore, we're allowed to sell them. So any type of skateboard you want, you just let me know. We'll get you that. Just like an enjoy deck. What the f*** is that? No, listen. This is like, we're talking handmade in Germany. I mean, in England. Right. We're talking rollerblades stapled to a plank of wood. That's what we can get. At leases, leases, we can honestly do you that. I don't want it. More than fair. Thank you to Kieran Kevlar Brooks. They call him Kieran Kevlar because he's bulletproof oh very cool which makes him a great orc commander yes dude because he doesn't do things by the brooks nice dude please join the army we are we we do need people as we said we have managed to create a genuine army of orcs but a lot of them actually they don't want to be in the army this no. is the problem i mean having just discovered sentient life they don't want to act in a film the problem is they got the internet and then they found out about Hawaii. Now they're obsessed with Hawaii. They want to like live on a beach. I mean, it's like obviously we all do want to live on a white beach. Yeah, it's like the opposite of Mordor. <laughs> so naturally they're drawn to it. The only reason they were happy in Mordor is because they didn't know anything else. Thank you to Jesse Dowd. Uh-oh, it's Rowdy Dowdy. Jesse is the life and blood of any party and makes sure it gets rowdy. Yeah, I love it. She's always like, she's always telling the neighbors, uh, like, oh, don't worry, like, I'll, I'll keep it quiet, I'll keep it quiet. But they doubt it. They doubt it. They doubt it very much. Thank you to Andrew Howe. Andrew, how did it feel when you were birthed in the mud pits of Mordor? <laughs> how did it feel, Andrew? He's an orc? Absolutely. Great. Thank you also to Christy Loveday. Christy falls in love every day every single day and really? it's with someone new really that's yeah. a kind of is that a blessing or is that a curse right bit there? of a curse yeah I'm, I'm a, i mean it's a blessing for her because every day she's like oh my gosh that swimming pool attendant is an angel and she's just you know talking to him flirting maybe they have a date that night right. and then the next morning she's like Oh my gosh, that gardener I can see from the window is an angel. Pool guy's gone. She's moved on to another person. So yeah. she's having a be- she's having the best time ever. I guess if I had any advice, Christy, a pool attendant is not a bad catch. You know, keep you yeah. safe Athletic. when you swim. Athletic. Got a whistle. Job probably. security. Yeah. You know, there's always water to guard. <laughs> Thank you to John Knight. John, the Royal Majestic Knight. Get the hell off my film set, you mortal man. You're not wanted here. I want a, a filthy orc on top of the horse, not a, not a noble king like yourself. 
You're about ten years too late for that Mickey Mouse feature that Peter the Ass Jackson made. Thank you also to Mitali Pangenti. Mitali is literally the happiest person on earth. Yeah. They could be walking down the street with a, a Subway meatball marinara sandwich. And they're like, oh my god. This is the best. A seagull comes down, smacks it out of their hand. They're like, that was awesome. Right. That seagull just flew right down, you know? They, they pick it up. It's covered in like ants and dirt. And they're like, that is crazy. Extra protein and Mother Nature's salt. Mitali, get different standards. Yeah. Thank you to Elizabeth Reese. Elizabeth Reese's geese is uh, usually the superstore where you can get geeses of any size and variety. But uh, I did hear, tragically, uh, they only opened up shop recently, but uh, geese are pretty rebellious and they didn't like being bought and sold. Overthrew. They, they got that orc mentality for sure. <laughs> yeah, they could have a place in the, in the movie. There are parallels. Thank you also to Alex Hilson. Alex Hilson, you gotta chill, son. All right, you just got to the paranormal commune and you're already asking, you know, why do I have to pay tax every other day? Where's all the eggs gone? There was like 50 eggs yesterday. Look, you gotta chill, son. It's your first day here. Talk to one of the the commune uh, RAs and they'll, you know, filter the message up to us. And, you know, we'll handle it. We always handle it. But you, you got to chill, son. Can't he just say it to you? You're right there. You're already talking to There him. is a method in place for delivering information complaints up to the hires. And I would very much appreciate it if everyone used it. Thank you also to Darren Curtis. Darren Curtis, show us where the hurt is. You know, in you. You know, we know you're out there hurting. And listen, yeah. I know a lot of people think we don't care about the mental well-being of everyone who lives in the commune because sure we do torture you guys mentally with with unbearable absolutely called, backbreaking tests. No, no no they're called endurance tests so it's not torture it's meant to build and like make people stronger mentally you will be happier yeah at the end of it all so do tell us where the hurt is by letting one of the commune ras know about the hurt and then they'll pass the, that information on to us don't tell us directly don't even don't even look me in the eyes, actually. Thank you, lastly but not leastly, to Trevor Schwartzlander. Trevor, do you feel that tremor? That's thousands and thousands of hammering orc feet as they stomp through the valleys of Mordor. And if they find you, Trevor, a human on their film set, they're going to go buck wild. So I'd hightail it out of this film set immediately. But also thank you, obviously, for your support on Patreon. If you have any problems, we don't want to know about it. Let's just tell tell tell, tell the artists. Anyone else? Anyone else? Thank you to <laughs> thank you to Trevor. It's our community management right there. Tell a fictional man about it, and he'll pass it on. Thank you so much to everyone who has supported us on Patreon. If you're still waiting on your shout out, don't worry, we are working our way through them. And of course, we will be back next week once. Um, uh, principal photography has wrapped obviously on the orc trilogy uh, to investigate a brand new paranormal tale bye bye ciao
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.